week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guests this evening, I've got, actually, I've got a panel of experts tonight. My first guest is Laura Ray Anderson, who is with the State Communications Director for the State of Connecticut. Laura Ray, well, Laura Ray welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us, Pete. Thanks for having us. And also, we also have... <laughs> we also have Dr. Matt Carter. Dr. Carter, welcome. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Thanks How are for you? coming. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for thanks for coming down. Thanks for coming down. And I believe he's camera shy, but we also have David Dearborn with us tonight. Are David, are you with us? Yes, hi, Pete. <laughs> good evening, sir. How are you? Thanks. Good. So, Laura Ray, can you maybe tell us a little bit about if people want more information on the vaccine, where where can they go? Yeah. So, a couple things. Uh, first, I'll say. Um, Love the credit of Director of Communications for the state of Connecticut, but Max Reese would probably come find me if I didn't credit him for being the governor's communications director. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, of course, work for the chief operating officer, Josh Jabal. Okay. Um, so wanted to make sure I gave my colleague Max some credit there. Absolutely. Um, but first, if you want any general information about the state's COVID-19 response, visit ct.gov slash coronavirus. Okay. And there you can find information about the vaccine. You can find information about how to get tested for COVID-19, which I'll add if you have symptoms, you should still do. Um, right. we, are, we have hundreds of testing providers in the state who are still up and running because we're not taking anything for granted here. Nope. Uh, the other thing that I wanna mention is you can find information at ct.gov coronavirus about what's open and what's not. Um, about relief and support if you're somebody who has challenges with unemployment, if you need, uh, if you need food to help you self-isolate or quarantine, mm -hmm. all of that information is right there at ct.gov slash coronavirus. Okay. Now, wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't mention that if you wanna find a vaccine, ct.gov slash COVID vaccine is where you wanna go and you can type your zip code right in on that front page and you'll get directed to the vaccine sites that are closest to you, which is a great opportunity for you to find somewhere nearby that has appointments. Um, and there are a lot of different filters on that page that can be helpful to you as well. Um, and last plug, and happy to elaborate on any of this, if you're not a website person, but you wanna find that COVID-19 vaccination site, sure. you can call 877-918-2224 and get connected with somebody who can help you find an appointment. Oh, cool! Very, very nice, and I'm sure that that all all that information is readily readily available. Yes, sir. All right, Dr. Carter, can you maybe tell us about how we're doing in the state with the COVID nineteen compared to a year ago? We've come a long ways. Okay. We've come a long ways. Okay. Um, for folks who remember this time last year, uh, oh, yeah. March and April were the worst months of the first wave. We were part of what happened, uh, if you recall, we were in the, that part of that greater New York City outbreak that involved uh, especially southeastern Connecticut, uh, southwestern Connecticut and parts of New Jersey. Um, it, these were pretty grim months 12 months ago. And uh, actually the first wave peaked in the third week of April. So, um, for those of us who uh, went through that, mm -hmm. um, I'd rather, much rather be here than right. where we were a year ago. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Uh, we've made a lot of progress uh, oh, in the past 12 months. 
Absolutely, absolutely, and it's a it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Now, how is the state how is the state gradually reopening? Well, reopening has gone through a series of uh, uh, of gradual reopenings. If okay. you recall, the first reopening occurred in mid-May last year. Um, that's when we first started to open up after the the real lockdown that occurred in March and April. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and that was the beginning, actually, of a, of a year-long reopening. Uh, uh, we all had a good summer last summer, relatively speaking. Uh, case numbers were low. And then uh, in the fall, there was another reopening uh, that occurred in October and November with, with greater activities uh, uh, in the community. Uh, and then the second wave started to pick up in October and November, and uh, uh, sort of our reopening activities kind of uh, hit a hit a pause at that point in time. Uh, I think the next big moment for us all will be what happens in May. Mm -hmm. May first, <clears throat> there'll be um, uh, some significant reopening activities, and then May nineteenth is the day that the uh, executive orders, uh, most of them will go away and we'll move into a really different different period. We're gonna move from a year of uh, sort of uh, legal mandates to one of recommendations. Uh, uh, for many of us that might feel uh, a bit unusual after the past year that we've had. But the reality is, is that that world of recommendations is the one that we normally work in. Um, the state health department recommends that you do this. The Centers for Disease Control recommends you do that. And it doesn't come with uh, a legal mandate uh, if you don't do it. Right. Now, Laura Ray, do you have anything you'd like to add? Oh, you know what we were talking about earlier. Just do wanna say um, the governor announced today that there are those restaurants that on May 19th, if you bring in your vaccine card, may give you a free beverage. Um, so if you visit ctvisit.com in the coming days, you'll see some information about the participants. Okay. Um, so, but again, May 19th, once we're reopened. And of course, wanna mention, um, because my colleagues at the Department of Public Health um, probably would come get me if I didn't mention that, if things go poorly, we can always walk that May 19th date back. So we are still depending upon every resident of the state of Connecticut um, and our partners, particularly in our neighboring states, to get vaccinated, to follow basic public health best practices so that we can continue with that May 19th reopening date. And on that date, when we're optimistic that we can reopen, visit ctvisit.com for a list of restaurants that'll give you a free beverage, you know, probably up to a certain point if right. you uh, bring your vaccination card. Dr. Carter, I actually have to let you know that I actually went and got my second dose the other day. Well, it's uh, really important to be vaccinated right now. Absolutely. That's the most important thing that anybody can do, not just for themselves, but also for those of us. Uh, you know, vaccines work not only to help individuals, but also to protect the community. And that's what's really important about this vaccine. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, Dr. Carter, let's talk about the governor lifting restrictions and what does that cover? Well, I think uh, the way to think about this is about that, again, as I mentioned, we, we've had a succession 
of reopenings over the past 12 months. Mm -hmm. And this is really a major uh, sort of watershed event, what's going to happen in May, as we move from uh, requiring things to actually recommending that things be done. Okay. And um, for example, I think the biggest thing, one of the biggest thing that's going to come around is, uh, for example, uh, the mask mandate. We'll probably still have a mask mandate for indoors, but not for outdoors. Uh, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, is uh, we're expecting them to announce some changes this week, but I, I think there might be major changes in terms of uh, what people who are vaccinated are recommended that they do. Uh, for example, uh, not needing to wear a mask while outdoors, but um, vaccinated people will probably be asked to continue to wear a mask indoors. Uh, for people who are not vaccinated, it'll be critical that they continue to wear masks indoors. Um, and, uh, 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 and that'll be the key. Uh, is that uh, vaccinated people, and there's a large discussion actually about what's polite as well as what's recommended. Uh, I mean, if you're in a restaurant, uh, for example, and you're vaccinated and you're surrounded by people who are wearing masks, mm -hmm. um, it is probably polite for you to wear a mask while you're not eating. Um, these are things that uh, people are just gonna have to work through. And many of the things that are, currently required may still be required by businesses uh, in terms of people going to visit those places. So it's really shifting responsibility to people and also to businesses and other areas where people gather. Now let's talk about how the vaccination initiative is going. Well, we have every reason to um, uh, be proud of actually the vaccination program and activities here in Connecticut. Uh, we're one of the top states in the United States when it comes to vaccinations per capita. That doesn't mean that we still don't have a lot of work to do. Um, equity is really a big issue at this point in time and making sure that everybody who needs to get the vaccine is, has both uh, the opportunity and easy access to the vaccine as well. I think right now we're probably, I think today's statistics about 90% of the persons who are sort of 65 and older have been vaccinated. And right now we've got about 66% of uh, persons who are 18 and over who've been vaccinated. So those are really great, but we still have a ways to go. Absolutely. Hey, Laura, Ray, what's that website one more time if people want more information, where can they go? Yeah, ct.gov slash COVID vaccine best place to go for you to find a vaccine appointment and information about how to get a vaccine in Connecticut. Um, I know I've thrown out a couple websites and a couple phone numbers today, but I do also want to mention the governor announced today that there are now over 50 locations that in the coming days will open up and you won't require an appointment. Okay. Um, so if you visit ct.gov slash COVID vaccine, slash walk up, just add that slash walk up right on there. You should be able to find a list of those locations. Uh, so if you're somebody who uh, sometimes doesn't necessarily plan ahead and is looking for something at the last minute and would like to go get your first dose, ct.gov slash COVID vaccine slash walk up in the coming days, we'll give you some more information about where you can go without an appointment. 
Guys, we're about to go into a break. Would you mind sticking around for another segment? Love it. All right, we'll be right back. Thank you, Connecticut, for doing your part to stop the spread of COVID-19, for wearing your masks, washing your hands, and keeping your distance. So keep it up, Connecticut. We've come too far to go back. Community TV, your neighborhood TV. Publicly funded and a reliable partner for cable companies nationwide, it provides transparent coverage of local and state government, education, and public programming. A digital town green that can be watched anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Watch us on today's high-tech distribution methods. Community TV in Connecticut. Local. Unfiltered. Reliable. And, and yours. yours. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti, sitting here with Laura Ray Anderson and Dr. Matt Carter. Guys, welcome back. How are you? Great. Good. Well, that, welcome back. Welcome back, Dr. Carter. Hi, thank you for having us back after break. Yeah, no, no problem. No problem. It was a quick break, but I'm... We're, we're good to go for the second segment. So Dr. Carter, what I would like to do is I want to open up this segment about the status of the J&J &J vaccine. Well, as you know, uh, there was a pause. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the pause was because there were some cases of uh, blood clots that had occurred in the United States. Okay. Um, I think in the... Uh, the final figure was about 50, I think there are 15 cases that were investigated by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Right. And uh, last Friday, there was a Centers for Disease Control uh, uh, Advisory Committee uh, that met to review all of the data. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that meeting, the uh, Advisory Committee voted to end the pause and continued vaccinations. Uh, the idea here is that the risk of these kind of clotting problems is quite uh, remote. It's very rare, one in a million uh, mm -hmm. approximately. And uh, and the risks of uh, becoming seriously ill and dying from COVID are much greater. The key is, and none of us are under any illusions that this pause will not have consequences. And we know that there are lots of people who who have concerns about the J and J vaccine, and it will take a little bit of time uh, for folks to uh, uh, sort of regain confidence uh, in the vaccine. I think the key here is that in Connecticut, is that uh, people have a choice uh, when you go to get a vaccine, uh, uh, and if you have made a decision about what kind, what which of the vaccines you would like to have. You may need to shop around a little bit, but okay. there's Pfizer and Moderna in addition to J&J. &J. And so remember you do have a choice and that's really uh, important. If you want a particular kind of vaccine and it's not offered where you're going or choice, um, you might wanna search out a place where you can get the vaccine that you feel most comfortable with. And the other is, uh, you know, ease of access. So right now, uh, you know, uh, folks, uh, and one of the things I've learned over the years is, is everybody has their own perspective about risk. 
um, for some people, if you hear one in a million, you mm -hmm. think, gosh, that's really remote. And for others, one in a million sounds large. So it really comes down to individuals doing their homework, learning about the vaccines, and picking the one that is best for them. Now, Dr. Carter, what is the difference between the three vaccines, if there is any? Well, the, um, the, the two vaccines we started with are called uh, mRNA vaccines. Uh, okay. Messenger RNA is one of these uh, 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 these are actually brand, brand new technology vaccines. And what they do is uh, um, they tell, tell your own cells to create uh, antibodies against um, the coronavirus. And that's the Pfizer and the Moderna that many of us have had. Yeah. Um, the J&J &J vaccine is a different kind of uh, vaccine that uses a virus. Um, uh, called an adenovirus to essentially send those directions into your cells to have the same thing happen. Okay. And so it doesn't use mRNA, it uses the adenovirus. Uh, the biggest thing for folks is that the two uh, vaccines, the uh, Pfizer and the Moderna, you need two shots. Um, right. Pfizer is three weeks apart, uh, Moderna four weeks apart. And with the J&J &J vaccine, you only need one. That's the one that people talk about sort of as one and done. Yeah. But you, you don't need two shots for there. But they both, uh, all three of them uh, are very good at keeping you out of the hospital and keeps you from dying from COVID. And those are the really, those are the two most important things. So I guess, I guess my other question is, why is there a waiting period between doses? Ah, well, most of us, uh, if you, um, well, in brief, um, when we're exposed to viruses that we have never ever seen before, mm -hmm. and COVID nineteen is one of them, absolutely. Uh, that's that's a pan what we call a pandemic situation. That's where I we're in a pandemic is because we're. We're dealing with a virus that we've never seen before and don't have any immunity for. And pandemic vaccines usually start with two doses to, in order to build up your immunity. And so um, for those of you who remember you know, uh, 2009, for example, we had an influenza pandemic. Yeah. And for children, the, they needed two doses of influenza vaccine in order to sort of boost their immunity. So in pandemics, it's not uncommon to have two doses of vaccine right at the beginning. The Moderna uh, uh, and Pfizer vaccines, uh, again, are two doses. Uh, the J&J uh, vaccine is one dose uh, and gives you a, a high level of protection, which is why it's also very useful in areas. And for people uh, who may or may not be able to come back for a second dose. Now, once you get the vaccine, can you still get the virus? Well, it would be great if we lived in a world where vaccines were 100% effective, right. but we don't. No. Um, and uh, we know that, uh, for example, the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer are 95% uh, effective. Okay. And, Actually, we now also know that they're also uh, very good at preventing infection, which is also important. 
um, but they're not perfect. And there are some people who've gotten uh, uh, the infection, although not many, after getting vaccinated. Uh, the term that's being used is uh, vaccine breakthrough cases. Mm -hmm. uh, they've happened here in Connecticut. In general, um, the persons who have had uh, gotten infections after getting vaccinated uh, tend to be older persons. Uh, the good news is, is that uh, uh, these breakthrough infections, when they do occur, are tend not to be very uh, severe, which is the key. Um, you want a vaccine that keeps you out of the hospital and keeps you from having severe illness. Now, what are the usual side effects of the vaccine? Well, I think before we started this, uh, the first segment, I think you were telling us about your experience. Exactly. Uh, with the vaccine. And if I recall, you said something like you felt like you were run over by a truck when yeah. you woke up the next morning. Was yeah, that right? I, the next morning I felt like I felt very groggy. My head was all foggy and it's like, oh my God, what happened? But it, uh, but it was gone in about 24 hours, if I yes. recall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, it's hard to predict who will have those kind of side effects, but they're not uncommon. And uh, um, with uh, with any of the vaccines, and some people have found that the after the first shot they had a sore arm, but right. like yourself, they didn't have the, those. You know, I I felt like I was sick. Uh, after, until after the second shot. Right. Um, the J&J vaccine, because it's just one shot, obviously, mm -hmm. um, probably about 20 to 30% of people feel like they've gotten some kind of flu-like illness afterwards, but it's usually gone within 24 hours. Now, what is the usual, oh, no. now, once you get your second vaccine after two weeks time period is up, should you still wear a mask? Well, the answer is uh, you still need to be careful. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, if you are outdoor, uh, current, I mean, the current recommendations are is that if you want to visit with other people who are vaccinated, right. you can be indoors, you don't need a mask. Um, you can have dinner together, for example. Um, it's it, this is great for families getting together. Mm -hmm. But as you um, uh, interact with more and more people who you don't know, right. uh, uh, being in crowds, for example, uh, certainly in places where you cannot maintain any kind of distance, you might want to consider wearing a mask. Uh, because as I pointed out before, we don't have any vaccines that are 100% perfect. Um, and you, uh, and it's really good to avoid COVID infection. Uh, uh, if you are in situations where you have concerns, a mask would be appropriate. Absolutely. Yeah, and Pete, if I can add, we had this delightful ad over the summer that ended with, if you have to ask, wear a mask. Right. And I think that's the same thing that people should abide by now. And you know, even if you are vaccinated and you're out in public and you're not sure, put the mask on. And you know, if nothing else, you're showing that you're showing your community members, your friends, your family that it's okay to wear a mask. It's fine to wear a mask. You're participating in in your community, trying to do the best thing for one another. So that's always what I say. When in doubt, put the mask on. Make sure it's over your nose. Exactly. 
Don't don't worry. Halfway hanging down your face. Now, what can people do to prevent COVID nineteen? Well, the, the most important thing is to get vaccinated. Yep. There's there's no question that I mean, social you know social distancing, masking, all of these things uh, will help prevent mm -hmm. uh, the transfer of this virus. But only immunity is going to bring this to an end. You know, uh, becoming immune and obviously getting infected is one way, but it's a dangerous way to get in, to get immune uh, immunity and then vaccine. Um, but again, masking is really important. And following up on Laura Ray's comment, I do think that we're going to see some big changes in terms of recommendations for masking uh, uh, outdoors, um, and uh, uh, that could come pretty soon. Uh, Connecticut, you may not be aware, but if you're in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. they, the mandate uh, currently is for everyone to wear a mask outdoors. And really? here in Connecticut, you only need to wear it if you're within like six feet of somebody. Mm -hmm. So uh, even from state to state, it's really different. But so masking, social distancing, uh, it's really important. Avoiding crowds. Mm -hmm. And this is especially important for people who are at risk for serious illness from from COVID-19, uh, especially older persons and people with underlying illnesses. Yeah. Dr. Carter, I have to ask you, I was, I was prepping for my show this afternoon, this, this afternoon, I was prepping this morning and my mom, I was telling my mom, she was like, ask the doctor when he thinks it's, it's gonna be over and everything's gonna be back to a normalcy. I think um, we're, gonna have a, we're gonna have a new normal. Uh, and COVID, uh, you know, the, this this virus right. isn't going to go away. It's going to be around someplace in the world, and it's mm -hmm. likely to become a seasonal virus like influenza. Right. Uh, it may well be that we have, uh, in addition to getting a flu shot every year, we get a COVID shot. Okay. Um, we don't. We just don't know yet. And, um, we haven't gone through anything like this in a hundred years. And uh, um, and uh, uh, we know a lot about influenza pandemics, but this is the first uh, coronavirus pandemic in, in modern history. So there's a lot still to learn. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Carter, I, we're about to run out of time, but I want to thank you for coming down and hopefully we can have you guys on again soon. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Laura Ray. Have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Thank you, David. Good one. You too. Bye. Bye. On behalf of the panel, I am Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night, and we'll see you next time.